start with um the boys are back in town Sorry to disappoint you, Will, but you won't be starting with the boys are back in town. We'll be starting with that song from Ferris Bueller. Um, my name is Sean Peterbudge. I'm joined by Will Peters as always. Thank you so much for your time, Will. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Good to be back. You're happy to be back. I am somewhat. Just waffle a bit while I change what side I've got the earphones plugged in because I can't turn my head. Sure. Um, yeah, good to be back as always, Sean. Um, it's a matter of uh, just getting here. That's... That's what we eventually did. It's enough of that. Headphones are in. Dynamite padding. Well done. Uh, no, no. <laughs> took, <but it> took <laughs> enough. <laughs> took like three to four weeks to get this organised, but we got there. We were, yeah. We. It's. Unf- I mean, I'm sure our 14 listeners are devastated that it's taken a couple extra weeks. But no, yeah. we were. We had. We had some plans put in place, and unfortunately, is that our actual number 14? No, no. please. It's at least double that. Reach out to us if you are. If you do, listen weekly or bi weekly. Just whenever we. Feel like <laughs> dropping an episode, um, but no. How have you been? Obviously, Christmas, New Year has come and gone. Um, yeah, since the last pod, my last been a roller coaster, Sean. Really? Um, Christmas was great. Excellent. New Year's was great. Excellent. Um, went on a nice little camping trip as well. I did hear and about uh, this. turns out I haven't finished uni. Oh. So thought I finished uni. Turns out I haven't. How many units? Four. That's that's a semester. Yeah. That's you're um, overshot it by six months. <laughs> Yeah, so I somehow, Swinburne told me I was done and then I was like, why haven't I heard anything? I'm sure I would have heard something about at least graduating by now and then ring up and they Where's go, Where's no, the hat no. with the tassel? <laughs> when am I throwing hats? Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just so me. I just, you know, finished year 12, didn't really care. Started a TAFE thing, didn't really care. Yep. Um, so true to form, got another four units to go. So I'm going to do a marketing minor. Cool. Um and work it from there. So if anyone listening has a job for your boy, I'm sick of retail, get me out. Um, yeah. Link me and I'll, uh, you know, impress the boss. It is, um, yeah, retail is a prison, isn't it? Because I'd rather study part-time and work full-time online. Sorry. Yeah. Study online. Yeah, I get you. Like you did when you were at Carlton. It was good. Yeah. It was convenient. Yeah. Didn't have to deal with people. And half the time you just did it at work. Uh, yeah, some of the time. <laughs> you know, those quieter days. Not not first thing Monday morning, but when you get into Thursday afternoon. Uh, the boss is breathing down your neck. <laughs> the well has run dry. He was a very angry man <laughs> <laughs> from time to time. Uh, but no, excellent. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. But the basic concept of the show, of course, is that Will and I get together uh, no more Every than 21 days apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> 10 to 21 days. 10 to 21 days. <laughs> like a parcel from the US, <laughs> we get together and just have a chat about what we've enjoyed or otherwise from the media landscape, whether it be songs or movies or TV or the like. Uh, we pick three that we would like to talk about and we talk about them, inspired by Steven Soderbergh and his year-end uh, list, which people we linked to when he Shout published it. Steven. Shout out to Steve. We published that at the end of the year. It's always interesting to go back and look at what he's watching, when he's watching it, etc. Um, so that's why we've called it the weekly watch list, which is misleading, but... <laughs> Uh, it's, catchy. <laughs> it's catchy. It's catchy. We run out of characters on Twitter. We couldn't even have the weekly watch list. Uh, Will, um, I throw to you the first new ball of the year, hoping you're going to start where I think you're starting. Are, are we not using? Are we not? Uh, or are we just skipping past that? You know. Oh, yeah, we can use. I actually, I actually do have some news here. Because yeah, well, a, a little bit, well, quite a bit has actually happened. Yeah, exactly. Since oh, don't, whoa, Sean. Sorry. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> whoa, champ. Nelly. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Uh, we'll go back to the news. Just backtrack a bit. Yeah. Uh, you can still have the new ball. Um, Excellent. Some bits and pieces that have obviously happened since we were last recording. Uh, there's only, for me, there's only one place to start. It was very, very probably the best Star Wars moment of all time in the Mandalorian final. Very possibly the high point of the series right. in its existence. Unbelievable. Big call. I just think you sit there and you go, what the lesson for me out of it is, this TV show, there was a moment where he, obviously people have seen it, haven't seen it. Um, there's a bit of a setup earlier in the season that you're kind of thinking they're reaching out. Grogu, which is Baby Yoda, is reaching out to Force users and you're sort of going, well, the only real known Force users in canon that are alive at this point, yep. that we know are alive definitively, and that the audience have exposure to and would care about, are Ahsoka, who we obviously meet, which is great, and Luke Skywalker, 
Yeah. And you're kind of going, they put Luke Skywalker, this is five years after the return of the Jedi. It's like, would they put him in a TV show? Mm. Fucking A, they would. <laughs> yes, is the answer. Yeah. And not only that, when he rocks up, you're kind of thinking, oh, honest, I, honestly, I, would, I didn't go so far as some of the weirdos on YouTube and the like who were like crying and oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I saw some of the but reactions. I got, I, got that, I got that rush of like goosebumps where you went, it can only be him. Yeah. It can only be Luke Skywalker. And I've, I've look, I've been on record. The last 90 seconds of The Force Awakens is about as exciting as cinema gets. Mm. Where after 32 years, in between The Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi, that time has elapsed in real time, mostly, uh, 30 years on screen. Yeah. And you thought, we're going to see Luke Skywalker. And there was this wonderful moment of symmetry where you sort of opportunity where you thought Mark Hamill has largely, he's been successful. He's done a lot of voice work. He's done a lot of outstanding voice work. Um, He has largely not been in the public eye. So there was this unbelievable opportunity. Harrison Ford had done dozens of movies, been really prominent. Carrie Fisher had had her ups and downs, but it's still been relatively prominent. But this guy, Mark Hamill, had actually largely been unseen for 30 years. And you thought, there he is. It's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And he was the hero. The film wrapped up and the characters in the film and the audience were kind of at one where we hadn't seen this guy for so mm. long. There he is. And the hope and the optimism of what's it going to be, what's he going to be like. And we don't need to go into what he was in the films, but you know, it was a bit disappointing. You sort of thought of all the things you could have done with this character, Yeah, the version of him you gave us was sort of satisfying to no one mm. without wanting to get into a war about The Last Jedi and what they did. I understand why they made the decision they made, but it's just not satisfying. I actually rewatched The Last Jedi last week, standing in line for a COVID test. Wow. It's an yeah. unusual place like to watch four it. Four hours to kill. So that's I got sunburnt and watched Star Wars. It's not <laughs> outstanding, but it's no, not terrible. But I, after watching it again, I fucking love Kylo Ren. Uh, Kylo Ren's a fantastic character. He is an unbelievable character. Really? I. He's easily my favourite of those last three. Yeah, movies. the conflict and he was yeah, he was very well done. And the and relationship then, he should yeah. have had with Luke was sort of largely disregarded. Yeah. He's really um they borrowed from Rashomon, which is this Kurosawa film, which the idea was you and I experience the same thing, yeah. but we're gonna show you three different interpretations of how it happened, and that is yeah. obviously gonna inform I think you tried to do this to me, whereas you're like, That's not how it happened at all. And that was a really cool device to use. And then they kill Luke at the end and he's that's sort of it. Yeah. Whereas in this Mandalorian finale, unfucking believable. Like he rocks up and he's exactly what you wanted him to be. He's a Jedi. He's powerful. He's laying waste, just fucking knocking down these dark troopers. It was fucking brilliant. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there at the end thinking, a little bit like Jeff Goldblum, me and Malcolm, you crazy sons of bitches did it. <laughs> but they put him on TV. Yeah. They could have put that in a movie. That's a movie. That's. That's like blowing Steve Austin and The Rock on an episode of SmackDown. That's mm. like you're giving this to people on TV. This moment for me was unbelievable, uh, arguably the greatest moment in the history of the series. Yep. Um, could not have loved it anymore. A um, little bit of news out of LucasArts as well. or not? They're not even LucasArts anymore, sorry, but Disney. They obviously yep. own Lucas. There's going to be a new Indiana Jones video game. Did see something yeah, about Yeah, which that. is interesting. There's been a few in the past. They've done... Um, the guys are the, uh, Bethesda, who made the, the new Wolfenstein games, which are very, they're quite good. They look good and they play well and whatnot. Um, Will that not just be like Far, is it Far Cry? What are those? Well, I don't think it's going to be the same engine. Yeah, but like, it's just, you know, you're exploring, you're in a jungle, ooh, you're in a what cave. What's wrong you're, with that, man? up a relic. It's like Tomb Raider. done. Like Uncharted. Been done. But you're Indiana Jones. Unless they have Harrison Ford fucking voicing the bloke. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. It's going to be a bit of a... He, because it's he wanted $30 million to do that dog movie. So mm. this is him sitting in a booth. So he might do it for five. But um, they've obviously done some good games in the past. Fate of Atlantis, which is a, like a point-and-click PC game. And then Infernal Machine and Emperor's Tomb. Um, they were a bit more Tomb Raider-y. Obviously long, long before Uncharted and, and the like. But look, Indiana Jones' character is woefully underused in pop culture. Like, woefully and ridiculous. They just leave this guy on the shelf for so long. So a video game's good news and it makes sense given the fact that Harrison Ford's 137 years old and he <laughs> fucking can't keep doing this. Um, ha- Harry Potter TV show is apparently in development at HBO yeah. Max, like a Wizarding World show. Just need another reason for those Harry Potter nerds to be a thing. Man, they've gone to war with J.K. Rowling. 
Yeah. Wow. I'm seeing a bunch of stuff on Twitter about like there's all these, you know, there's the cast at some yeah. premiere or whatever and everyone goes, J.K. Rowling and like Emma Watson's there. It's just like. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, it's it's a bit strange. Yeah. Just, this, this creator of this world that they love, they almost have this attitude that we understand it better than you do, yeah. the fans this is. Yeah. And it's kind of like, firstly, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um. But we saw it. We saw the backlash. I mean, we Fan spoke about... don't count, you fucking nerds. We saw the backlash <laughs> against George Lucas. Yeah. Like, the Star Wars fan community drove George Lucas out of the property. Yeah. And he just went, I've had enough. Yeah. And sold it. Cashed in big. <coughs> J.K. Rowling's not quite like that. Considerably wealthy woman. Mm. But I think she's sort of at the same point where these fans are just, like, railed against her, weirdly. Um, no sort of real concrete details on what this show is when it's set. Etc. But clearly, HBO Max, Division of Warner Brothers, see yep. it as, as that kind of. Um, there is obviously Game of Thrones properties in the works, uh-huh. but they always need what's the next, what's the next five six year property that's like event TV. That's what Disney are doing so well at the moment. I'm sure yeah. we're going to talk about a show very shortly coming out of Disney Plus, but that's what they're doing really well at the moment. Is there's this at the moment, but then after that there's this, yeah, and then after that there's this. And then we'll come back around and do season three of Mando. We'll do an Ahsoka show, et cetera, et cetera. So um, Harry Potter TV show, I mean, it could be anything. It's, yeah. it's one of those interesting properties to get dug up. Um, Michael Keaton is more or less officially back as Batman. Interesting. In the Flash movie, which is, for people of a certain generation, unbelievably exciting. My, my want Clearly is... Clearly, my, 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 my reaction's your silence, like... Uh, cool. your, your silence <laughs> indicates otherwise. Um, but for me, like my want is I would love nothing more than the execution to be there. Marvel are dealing with multiverses. Clearly, yep. DC are going to as well. We've said a while ago that should have been DC's point of difference five years ago. That's fine. But I would love nothing more than the Flash to tear into another dimension. And Why? Because he's going so fast. We don't, we don't have time to explain it, but it, it's in Flashpoint, that's sort of what he does. Right. It kind of tears reality apart. Yeah. And that's how you end up getting different Batman, Superman, etc. Yeah. Um, for him to do that, for whatever reason, he needs to go back in time to do something, blah, blah, blah. And he tears into 89 Anton first Gotham. I would fucking lose my mind if he <laughs> tore into it and it was it was the, the Monarch Theatre set yeah. and the Gotham Town Hall set and it was Michael Keaton, Tim Burton... Production designer Anton first. It was his Batman. Yeah, I would just, you just, I'd lose the plot. I would <laughs> like, be, I'd be, this is amazing because it's still one of the best looking Gotham cities. It's so gritty and grungy. Um, so that's an opportunity for them to do that. That would be amazing. Um, there's really no way they could do this badly. Mm. I know that's tempting fate with DC, but there's enough pieces there where you sit there and you go, this should be a pretty straightforward success. Yeah, this part of the film having Michael Keaton back. Mm-hmm. And he's an old Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Maybe he's a Batman Beyond kind of Bruce Possibly. Wayne, um, which is exciting. Uh, did you see the Coming to America trailers? Literally watched it this morning. Weird. Odd. Odd. Um, we'll we'll watch. Yeah. But strange. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch the first to the make first sh- one's unbelievable. Yeah, just to like link it, link everything up. Um, the, th- the thing that strike you was weird that this character that was posited in this in the first film was. Such a wholesome, nice guy. He's had a love child. Yes. With who? In New York. When? <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, it seems, just from the trailer, it all kind of seems a little bit forced. Yeah. Um, but give it a chance. Well, I think what the film has in its favour is, more so than a lot of those other belated sequels, your Zoolanders and your yeah. Dumb and Dumbers and whatever, there's an absolute groundswell of support for this to be amazing. As in fans watch would be like, I really hope this is great. Yeah. Because a lot of people love Eddie. Oh, there's, I feel like your generation a little bit older mm. fucking frothes. Love froth Eddie. Froth the first one. Eddie Murphy's the biggest star oh, in the world. 100%. Yeah. At, at that the point, time, that mid, mid to late 80s, yep. early 90s. Like he was, if not the, one of the biggest stars in the world. Yep. So I think there's a, there's a, there's this clamoring for it to be good. Like That's an age to hold either. He's aged. Not really, yeah. But not like. He still looks pretty good. Yeah. Black don't crack, as they say. Uh, you see the, the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong? No, I couldn't care less about that shit. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> couldn't care less. That's I d- a, yeah, didn't say it. That's a wait for streaming service. Yeah. Like, just wait for... <laughs> I'm sure during COVID won't take that long. No, that's... Well, I think... 
Wonder Woman's already on. Is that a Warner Brothers? That might um, be one of those films that just goes straight to streaming anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a one where you sit there and go, haven't we haven't we done this? Monsters destroying the city before. Yeah. Haven't I haven't I seen this already? Mm. Like I. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, why do I care? <laughs> like, why do I care about, like, am I meant to be picking sides? Why do I care? I watch it. I'll watch it, but why do I care? Like, am I meant to be picking sides? Mm. Um, Is there meant to be a good, bad dinosaur man? Yeah. I don't know. The trailer for Falcon and Winter Soldier? Haven't seen it, deliberately. Haven't seen the trailer? Haven't seen the new trailer, the latest trailer. Why? Very deliberately. Why? Because I think we're going to talk about a show shortly yeah. that, that I have some things to say about. About just going yeah, in clean. Going to work in. Going well, in clean. Just going in with having seen as little as possible. I don't feel like I feel like anything we have seen is in that trailer though. The new I mean, trailer. You haven't seen the new trailer. Well, I can't. I make feel that, like anything, I can't make that judgment. I feel like I anything that has been seen or heard, we already know. Well, see, what I absolutely loved about Endgame was the fact that the the trailer yeah. was literally taken from the first fifteen minutes of the film. Yeah. Not even. And when you see the movie, you're like, yeah, no, yeah, totally. Like everything after this point is completely fresh. So absolutely can't wait to watch it yeah. in a couple of weeks' time. But I very deliberately saw the news as a new trailer and I went, I'm sitting this one out. Mm. Gonna save the band, gonna save the bandwidth. Well, the trailer, um, without spoiling anything, kind of works on the relationship that we already know mm-hmm. of Bucky and I've just forgotten his name. Falcon? No, what's his like Sam. name? Sam. Um, yeah, works on that works on that kind of relationship that we see in Civil War. Was is it when they're in the car and he's and um Captain Rogers is speaking to the, uh, yeah, the Agent thirteen. Yeah. And they're just like in the car, just like ah, fucking yeah, fuck you, yeah, no, nah, like yeah. That, yeah. So it kind it kinda works on that a, a little bit. Um that's what I'll say from now. Um it, it elaborates on it. One of the more interesting things, and a little bit like, I'm not sure why I'm dancing around it. We're going to talk about WandaVision. What? <laughs> yeah. um, one of the more interesting things about when these new <coughs> Marvel properties come out yeah. is where are they in the timeline? Yeah. So how far after yeah. is this happening? Because WandaVision's happening like three weeks after Endgame. Yeah. But Spider-Man Far From Home happens eight months after Endgame. So you kind of, the consequences of where it is in the timeline are really interesting. Mm. And I'm not sure if that's been said, but as soon as that you figure that out, you kind of go, oh, yeah. so this is happening before or after certain events. Mm. And Marvel have been good at playing with that. Um, On that note, shall we? Nearly. Oh. The, the one trailer I did see... Oh, try, to, try to segue in it. Nah, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> the one trailer I did see and I fucking completely frothed was Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Oh, I've seen something about it. Oh, I haven't watched it. I can't wait. You might have tweeted. I can't it. wait. Like Mighty Ducks, I'm all about it. Quack, 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 quack. quack, quack, quack. <laughs> Mr. Ducksworth. Um, yeah, I think it just looks great. It's a classic Disney, the, the Disney mantra at the moment. In a nutshell, yep. old property, beloved property, mm-hmm. repackaged twenty years later for a new generation. Slash, yep. those of us nostalgic enough to want to watch. Yeah. There's a great bit with um, obviously Emilio Estevez is in it still, and you sort of go, "There's this." Coach Bombay, and I don't know. I just watched the trailer and I thought hits the right notes. Yeah, thought perfect. Can't wait for it. Can't wait to watch it. If you're a fan of the Mighty Ducks movies, um, you've either already know about it. If you don't, go and watch it. And I think that there's going to be a whole new generation of kids who like those those um and have those uh, faded Mighty Ducks caps that everyone, hopefully they bring everyone out like had a, in like the 2000s. Hopefully they bring out like a proper new era yeah. classic purple. I feel like if green they green and white, they whoever's Running that needs to oh, man. do a collab with like Nike or Mate. Adidas or something. Mate. And just. They used to own the team, obviously, in Anaheim. Yeah. And they bought the team. The whole point was they bought the team in Anaheim, near Disneyland, the Diet Mighty Ducks. And then r- recently ish, or relatively, they've, they don't own the team anymore. Uh-huh. But they would own the classic trademark of the duck with the, the hockey mask and whatnot. Mate, do a oh. proper collab with New Era, with Nike, whoever. Yeah. And get some gear out. Money. Mate, it's a license to print money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, look really rad. Can't wait to see that. And then lastly, uh, it's not news as such, but um, are you familiar, Will, with this is something that came into my orbit recently. Um, Liam Neeson has a long and storied history of being pap-stabbed, 
having wet his pants. Wet his pants? Wet his pants. Having pissed himself, yes. Look it up. Look up. <laughs> Liam Neeson pissed pants. <laughs> That's This is just something for people to chuckle about um, because this is real life. There mm. are there are enough photos. It's not just a one-off. Liam Neeson goes out, gets bladded, and then wets himself and is photographed. As There's at least six photos out there of this having happened. Usually he's obliv- uh, oblivious and he's posing with fans. Uh, interesting. Do you reckon... It's not Billy Madison. He hasn't just wet his pants with the fountain. Yeah, but do you honestly think he, like... He's drunk and he's pissed his pants. How do you know? Has he said it? I thought I haven't heard him go on the record about it, no. But he... How do you know he, he doesn't see paparazzi and go... Because he's fucking clearly off his head. That's amazing. It is amazing. It's ridiculous. This man, Liam Neeson, credible actor... <laughs> And I don't know who you are, but I will <laughs> find you and piss in my pants. I will wet myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Good stuff. That's the news. What are we doing? We're going to talk about WandaVision first up? Sure. We're, we're going to share our first sure. pick? Um, so if you haven't watched it by now, fucking get on it. Five episodes in. Skip ahead for about half an hour. No, 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 no. Because if you're not ready... Don't skip ahead. If they haven't watched it by now, oh, the, come back our to this. show. Watched WandaVision by now. Yeah, sorry, I thought you were talking about skip the sh- ep, skip WandaVision. No. Yeah, don't know. No. Yeah, spoiler alert. We will yeah. we will get into spoilers, but now that we're on the same yeah. page, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, what I loved about this more than anything, I, or what I found most interesting, was it's actually put a bit of a magnifying glass up to society and the way and the changing habits and the way we in consume media. Like I couldn't believe the first night they did two episodes. Yeah, and they've done one the subsequent three weeks. The show is very deliberately not telling you anything. Yeah, very deliberately. Yeah, and what it spoke like to you'll me. You'll be googling stuff like sword, and you're like, no one knows. No, and like it's a very that's not a deep cut, but it's no, a comics yeah, cut. It's a and you're like, the sh- it's like old school, not even old school. It's like ten years ago TV. Yeah. You don't just get to watch the whole season in exactly. a sitting. It's not Stranger Things. Not, you don't just get to chuck it on and literally watch the whole season. There is a small minority there that will wait for it all and then binge it all. I'd agree completely. Yeah. But generally, like it's like when Lost was on, one yep. of my favourite TV viewing experiences over the last couple of years was uh, Westworld, particularly the first season. Yeah. got It just got too messy after <laughs> that. But the first season was the week-to-week mystery of trying to unravel where we are in the timeline, where we yep. are in the park, who's doing what, who's connected with who. Mm. And this is that. This is the classic... Episodic TV, we build, we we pay off a, pay off a reveal, we pay yep. off a cliffhanger, and then we slowly arc up to another cliffhanger. Yeah, and then the next episode starts and we repeat. And first things first, you can't talk about One Division without um, giving massive, massive applause to like this the production design. Yeah, and the way it's been realised as, um, and I love Lucy slash Bewitched slash Brady Bunch slash Roseanne. The way it's so perfectly yeah. traipsed through the eras of television, the way that they were shot, the way that they were scripted, the way that they were uh, broadcast, the way that they were like framed, like, everything about it's perfect. I'll be honest, when I, me and Maddie started watching it once there was the three episodes out, and first two episodes, I was like, fuck, is this going to be what it is? That's like, what TV used to be. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And I was like, is, is it just going to be this like slow gimmick that goes between all the years and then we have to figure it out all at the end or is it going to like jump out jump back in ended up jumping out i was so glad because i was like it was really i I was like am i gonna have to push through this just for the pod um but i yeah under suffrance (laughs) from what they've done is amazing there's there's a little bit of explaining to do with people that don't fully well, they, understand. They, they take the time yeah. to establish the tone, to establish that this is not real. Yeah. And, and I love the idea of it's this uneasiness of like, you sit there and you're going, and once again, it has people talking, it has people, you know, theorising what's going on. Yeah. Like, is this, has she been put there by someone? Yeah. And then, oh, look, I, I was pretty keen, the reveal in the most recent episodes, obviously, uh, Agent Wu uh, came back, Was he was the one on the radio asking her. I, I was sort of pretty sure early enough that this is her making 
Yeah. She's retreated into this yeah. alternate reality, this uh-huh. fabricated reality. Yeah, I was and thinking she, that earlier. Yeah, well. like, and she's what, some. There was some initial talk that she's being trapped or something. Yeah. You know, no, she's trapping other people and creating this forced reality. Did you see the? Um, and obviously, I think they might go back this Eastern Bloc thing, where she was. She's from Sokovia yeah. in the movies that their television when she was growing up. And without wanting to backtrack myself, what I loved about the first two episodes, I'm just old enough to have lived through an era where old reruns of Bewitched yeah. were a thing. Uh huh. Same. Like they were a thing. Yeah. Like it's MASH used to be on at six yeah. o'clock, which had finished airing like 15 years earlier. Yeah. Used to be on TV. Batman, the old Batman, used to be on TV, and there was that that exposure. One of the theme tunes of my childhood is. It's it's so, and I was yeah, I was watching Mash from early on. Reruns are a thing, and I think not as much now, but they always will be. Exactly, they're 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 an old part of television, which this show is kind of aping. And I think that there were people out there who were dismissing, particularly the first two episodes. You know, like when they're doing the talent show. Yeah. And you're like, this is what TV used to be. Yeah. This is it. This is what... And people loved it. This is what TV... Th- that They're making a very pointed, like, point about yeah. this is this is what TV was. Us millennials are just like, God. And, 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 like, I don't know, people just... It's sort of not annoying or frustrating, but you're like, what, what aren't you getting about this? Yeah. They're setting up the tone. But, look, as obviously the episodes have gone on, that, that mystery starts to get picked away at and she's she's clearly unhinged. Her yeah. accent has sort of returned, yeah. which disappeared yeah. from the, the movies. And she's sort of, she's clearly at odds with the idea of Vision dying yeah. and dealing with that. And now um, her brother has turned up. But not but it's her brother, it's the Evan X-Men Peter's brother. brother. Evan yeah. Peter's role, which is, to be honest with you, I saw a funny tweet actually. Someone said that that um, someone goes that cameo cost Disney seventy one billion dollars <laughs> uh, in the in the buyout of Fox. Um, Elizabeth Olsen spoke recently about there being a Luke um, a Luke Skywalker like cameo. Mm. So that gets people thinking, and you're like, well, it's not with respect. Yeah, it's not Evan Peters Quicksilver. No, it's not even Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver. Like Magneto I think Magneto would be silly because they actually need to move forward and and the films haven't really expressly discussed that Magneto is is Pietro and Wanda's dad. Wolverine? That would be big-ish. I'm not completely ruling out Spider-Man's. Sp- like plural. I'm not completely... I am not completely ruling out. So I think that's a little hopeful. It's hopeful. Absolutely it is. No question. Yeah. But you sit there and go, when you're talking about, when she comes out and says, oh, it's a Luke Skywalker-like, Ian McKellen's not that. Ian McKellen, you'd be like, oh, it's cool. But in terms of multiverse, he's the king of the other universe. No, but you'd still be like, oh, like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's cool. But it's not like break the internet, Luke Skywalker's fucking turned up. It's particularly from that era. This is heading towards, so you got to connect the dots. And I totally agree with you. It's completely fanciful because Sony still owns Spider-Man and all that stuff. Yeah. Totally get it. But when you connect the dots, Wanda, this this particular TV show, I think I reckon Doctor Strange will be in it yeah. at some point because they're heading towards Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is the next film, yeah. which Wanda is in, a very central part of. Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which sets up Spider-Man 3, yeah. which we know is going to have lots of Spider-Man in it, Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Kirsten Dunst. Did you see the tweet from someone? It was about Tom Holland, and he said, "Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I haven't been told about, I haven't seen or heard anything about Maguire or Garfield. So I feel like it'd be a pretty big secret to keep from me." But then he literally like spoiled fucking any of the last Avengers movies single-handedly without pe- pe- without people knowing. And it's like, of course they're gonna fucking keep a secret from you. Have you seen the classic all-time classic? Um, Mark Ruffalo asked him yeah. in Infinity War. And he goes, oh, half, half the cast dies. And everyone went, oh, <laughs> whatever. No one reacted, but everyone yeah. in the audience was like, oh, yeah, fanciful. Yeah. And you could sort of, you know, there was a moment of, oh, fuck. Oh, he's right. I've actually given that away. Yeah. But he so kind of covered it all. Look, they have a lot of fun, and Marvel have a lot of fun with the spoilers. Like 100%, they've, if they've got them in, and they're, gonna, they're not going to, 
they may have them all in at one point, and then Tom Holland's come out and said that just to sh- shoo it away. Oh, you see, you want to keep a secret. Yeah. And once again, and like I said, totally fanciful. But they're not going to have them on set every day. Totally fanciful. I get it. The Tobey Maguire turning up in this TV yeah. show. But I never in a million years thought Luke Skywalker would turn up on a TV show. No. That completely rewrote, yeah. like, the level of what's a movie, yeah. what's a TV show. That I completely now, though, rewrote it. in the time we're in, there's this weird little grey area of TV shows that are, like, cut-up movies. Oh, they're event TV. Yeah. Like, it's gone to the next level. Stuff like stuff like The Sopranos and, like, early days, yeah. like a Sex and the City on HBO and Game of Thrones more recently, yes. Mad Men on AMC. Those shows rewrote what is the expectation of a TV show. Mm. And it, look, there's been heaps of others. It's a disservice just to mention those four. Yeah. But those shows all on premium cable rewrote what an audience can expect yeah. in terms of direction, writing, acting, etc. So when Luke Skywalker rocks up in The Mandalorian, I sit there and when she comes out and says, there's something like that. Yeah. Tobey Maguire walking on, walking on screen as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man for once again a generation of fans is that yeah that's like fuck mm. i don't think we'll get it i'm not saying we're going to get it but it's one of those things where you go surely but did you um did you see the easter egg of so you know in ant-man when Wu's trying to learn how to do the mm-hmm. card brilliant. click and then he's brilliant boom, boom. i was like yes <laughs> you know what's amazing about that they don't stop to wink at the camera no they don't stop to explain the joke but fans of the universe go, ah, oh, he got it. Yeah. Because he was taking online magic classes to try to figure it out. And you're like, it's a fucking, that's why they're, that's why they're where they're there, where they are. Yeah. Because of little details like that, little, the ads that run during WandaVision mm. are fantastic. Um, the one recently in the last episode was for Lagos, which is where she obviously destroyed the, the building, which killed yeah. people and uh, ended up with the um, regulation of heroes and all that. So you go, that's nice. Found it interesting they brought in, it makes sense, but interesting that they brought in what's her face from Thor. The yeah, interesting young, Darcy. Yeah, Cat yeah, Dennings. I you wouldn't have thought. But once again, it's a nice little touch. Exactly, it's you nice go oh, okay. That's like you know you didn't think she'd be a part of it again. But uh, it's a nice is. little payoff. Yeah, for sort of this is a character that has existed in this world, and we've established that she has a speciality, and yeah. we can bring her back. And look, I, I I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've thought it's been really well done. We spoke about it before it came out about the opportunity for Marvel to do something with this property that is so fucking freaky and off the wall, which you don't really have that level of freedom with a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Mm. which is, I'm still hoping will be excellent. But I think it'll be a bit more Bash Crash. It's a bit more Bash Crash. It's a bit more, hopefully I think it's a bit more Winter Soldier, a bit more of that espionage sort of thing. I think it'll be a, like bit a political more comedic sort oh, of. Oh, but like a political thriller, a bit of espionage. What's who's doing what to who? Why? Possibly, yeah. Whereas this one's a bit more creatively, at least. Uh-huh. Stupid, crazy, yeah. silly. Marvel are basically saying, "Come with us, and we'll and this will be weird." Yeah. So, and that's what the multiverse is, and where it'll go. They can they can have a lot of fun with it. They can yeah. have a lot of silliness, like uh, Spider Verse did. They can go into a realm where it's the cartoon. The universe is a cartoon. The universe is whatever. So, um, yeah, look, I've really loved it so far. I think it's become week by week, you know, the probably most anticipated thing. Is Von, is Vonda, wow, is Vision, mm-hmm. is he, are we seeing what Wanda wants to see or yes. are we seeing a recreated Vision? We're seeing what she, she is, she has recreated him. Yeah. Because she got her powers. In from her mind, though, but then... So she got her powers from the Tesseract. Yeah. He was powered by the Soul Stone. Yeah. So she's... um, Yeah, she's she's conjuring this quote-unquote vision of yeah. him, which is why when which it's Which means he couldn't get chucked out of the... Uh, he shouldn't the be able to, no. Well, the body can. doesn't the, exist. The body could, because remember, she stole his body. Yeah, but he would just come out in bits and pieces. But he'd come out with that, you know, his, like, head caved yeah. in. Yeah. Which is where, remember when her, her, the reality cracked a bit and it was him, like yeah. he was dead. Yeah. So she's obviously, something's disturbed her. Yeah. And similarly with um, Evan Peters' character. Is it Evan Peters? I think so, yeah. Yeah. He's Quicksilver. Something's obviously thrown it off. Yeah. Which is why he's turned up and not... I still think Aaron Taylor-Johnson might turn up. What, there'll be two there. 
I, there's, I think there's a possibility. I should reframe that. I think there's a possibility he'll turn up. I guess he's dead as well, so yeah. why not? Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Um, but then I guess having Evan Peters there allows that whole other hmm. side of Marvel to be open. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just, like, with it, w- one last thing on this, I think... Did he die in X-Men? No. No. There's a... <laughs> That side of things, because they had Magneto, certainly made more of an allusion to, like, a wink-wink at the camera that Magneto's his dad. Yeah. He, he actually explicitly sort of said it on screen. Yeah. Um, that something about my mum used to date a guy who could move metal or something about that. But there's definitely... There's an opportunity now that they own the X-Men film rights to kind of start again mm. and and to not look back at a franchise that kind of limped to its finish line yeah with with apocalypse and dark i kind of rehope they do fantastic four but fantastic four i've heard i've heard that i've seen that fucking um uh it's not his name isn't steve rogers fucking what's his name the actor captain america what's the actor his name yeah um totally blank chris evans that he's gonna play old fantastic four and old cap in somehow they're going to come in and he's going to play two characters in the one movie. No, so they need to do. They need to redo Fantastic Four. Yeah. They could they could have a fun clean slate. They could, they could have a fun stupid multiverse moment. Yeah, which I th- I would tolerate. Fantastic Four well, is like a tip of the hat, but like Fantastic Four is one of the biggest untapped resources. That yeah. could be amazing. Yeah, the dream casting forever, the fan casting forever has been, which has its own ties to the initial MCU, is John Krasinski, who was it was down to him and Evans, yeah. Captain America. Yeah. Like they were the last two, and Emily Blunt, who I was really would have liked John. Oh, Chris Evans is amazing. Now, yes, yeah. Like you, you sit there and go, just phenomenal. But Emily Blunt, who was originally eyed for Black Widow, lovely woman. So, and obviously they're a married couple. Yeah, and the the fan casting forever has been them as Mister Fantastic and Sue Storm. Yeah, and you kind of go, Fuck. oh, I sit there and go, perfect. We got a couple more years though until they start getting old. Yeah, but they're already. I, I don't think they've been the right age generally, because like, Mister Fantastic always had the grey hair. He was always yeah. a little bit older, so he would obviously be the woman his age ish. The last Fantas- Fantastic Four movie, they were like hella hell young. They were too young. Yeah. So this is where you go. Johnny was always a tiny bit younger. He was like yeah. a bit of a kid, you know, kid brother. Yeah. And then the thing was, well, he's just a big fucking rock monster. He can be whatever age yeah. you want him to be. Um. No, I'm, that's John Watts, who obviously did the the, um, the Spider-Man movies in the MCU, is doing Fantastic Four, and, and that, that could be amazing. But look, with WandaVision, love it, really enjoying it. Yeah. Can't wait to watch it every week. Um, Episodes got longer as well. Obviously, they were sticking to half an hour for old TV reasons and whatnot. Mando does that a bit, though. Yeah. Mando could have an episode that goes out. for 32 minutes, and then they'll have one that goes for 48 minutes, which, once again, I don't have an issue with. They... You need as much time to tell that week's story. It's very confusing. We've got six minutes of credits. There's a lot of like, the credits. Like <laughs> I'm like credits. I actually no. thought the first episode. Did you think the credits were part of the show? Yeah, I was like, oh, this is so much longer to go. What's going on here? There's like, and then they yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, my proper or well, first pick for this week is a book that's on the ground, um, which I bought having uh, followed this Instagram account for many years. It's called Accidentally Wes Anderson. Right. And this is a great little story. Um, it was an Instagram, like a hashtag, I think, initially. And then uh, Wally Koval um, is his name. He started up an Instagram account. It's called Accidentally Wes Anderson. And I've spoken about it before. He's probably one of my favourite filmmakers. What I love about him is so much of cinema these days is boilerplate. Like, a director doesn't necessarily have a style. Like, Tim Burton's got a style. If you showed someone with a passing interest in film um, a Tim Burton movie or a trailer for a new Tim Burton movie, yeah. they'd probably go, oh, is this Burton? Yeah. Or is it someone like aping Burton? And that's good. He's got his own style. Wes Anderson and his DP, um, Robert Yeoman, have worked together now for many, many years. And they've got a very distinct, flat, like square-on style. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this guy, Wally Coble, started an Instagram page and a hashtag, accidentally Wes Anderson which if I show Will, I can't obviously show the listeners, um, is just full of people's photos that have sent in and hashtagged of this style of photography. Yeah, that's cool. Of all these places around the world, literally all over the world. And it's this travel book. It's this wonderful like little coffee table slash travel book um, that's just full of these people's really lovely photos. And like, here's an example. It's a photo of a, uh, of a tennis court from Hearst Castle. 
which is uh, William Randolph Hearst from Mank, we spoke about a couple yep. of weeks ago. It's literally just a photo of Hearst Castle, and then there's a, like a, a lovely little sort of explanation of where it is, the story behind the property, the story behind the area, etc. Um, and it's broken up into you know parts. It would be Europe and South America and the like. And there's just all these lovely photos that people have sent him from um, these you know exotic locations mm. that wouldn't look out of place. In a Wes Anderson film, that very square on, yeah, like on rails, on tracks, like um, style he does. So uh, this was a book that was released or announced quite a while ago, and I thought, you know what? When that comes out, I'm buying it. it. So I pre-ordered it and pre-ordered and pre-ordered it, and unfortunately the pre-order sat for a very long time, very long time, and it finally came just before Christmas. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's a really lovely. You find yourself what flicking. What was the damage? Four forty. Okay. Forty dollars. It's a pretty, like, it's a sizable yeah. little book. Um, but look, uh, first things first, look, if you're a fan of Wes Anderson or have seen any of his stuff, you'll know his style is distinctive. Mm-hmm. Follow the Instagram page because they still update and they've still got lovely little photos that come through all the time on it and kind of whisk you away to another time and place sometimes. Yep. And that's what's awesome about, like, for instance, I'll see if I can find an example, like, a, of, a, of a Wes Anderson film. He's got this sort of, like, timelessness. Yeah where it could be anywhere. It could be any place in time. It could be yesterday. It could be tomorrow. It could be 50 years ago. And he just captures this wonderful sort of sense of adventure and time and place. So Mm -hmm. this is what this book does. um, And you do find yourself sort of flicking through it from time to time and kind of going, oh, you'd love to love to go there. And that looks nice. And uh, which is what a good travel book does, kind of takes you to other places. So Mm -hmm. absolutely massive fan. Accidentally wears Anderson. You can pick it up. It is available now. But an entry level to that would be obviously going onto the Instagram. Yeah. Um, and there is actually a lovely foreword. The foreword of the book is written by Wes Anderson himself, who was naturally completely taken aback that this <laughs> phenomenon had started. Yeah. Um, but, you know, loved it. So really enjoyable. Absolutely loved it. Um, when it finally got to me, well, well, well worth the wait and the money. Nice. 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 Something a little bit different to start off 2021? Yeah. I thought, like I said, I've been sitting on it for a couple of weeks now and I just thought you know what this is something that's a bit unusual and um, something that really took my fancy yeah nice um, my second slash first second I do like the idea of us co-reviewing something yeah I just, that's something maybe to discuss afterwards but uh, I mean I did recommend it before the first episode last year but you said no let's do it by chance I don't know and then I we only that. did it once that did maybe. sound like something I would say <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> Um, so my second watch, uh, was a movie called Jungle, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. So we're talking about Harry Potter before, um, yeah, story of a group of friends that go into a trek, uh, in the Bolivian jungle and get, basically they meet this guy, uh, in Bolivia, um, and he goes, oh, you know, I can show you around, I can, you know, you going to need someone out there. It's the Amazon, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he essentially just leaves them into the wilderness and then leaves them. Uh, turns out he'd been, he'd done it for a couple of, couple of groups of friends. Um, he's got form. Yeah. Uh, so it's all a true story as well, which is pretty crazy. Daniel Radcliffe plays a character called Yossi Ginsberg. Um, not re- not Osha Gunsberg. No, no, it's Yossi Ginsberg. So no Gunsberg. Um, and he's accompanied by other, uh, I guess, European actors um, that play roles of you know, Germans and whoever else, what whatever nationalities they are. Um, pretty. I <laughs> watched this. It was after like a nice little like date night with Maddie. And we're like, oh, we'll put it on a movie. I was like, oh, this sounds alright. New right. Danny Radcliffe films <laughs> out. <laughs> I was like, oh, this sounds alright. And it's fucking hectic. And we're both <laughs> by the end sitting there sweating because that was uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a bit of a thriller. And I was like, oh, gee, good one, Will. Way to ruin a night. <laughs> I really misread yeah. <laughs> the uh, synopsis on that one. Um, so he goes into the jungle with his mates. He has a good yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think we've, we've spoken about. I get this way with a lot of films like that, like horror films in particular, where you're like, uh, like an, I know what you did last summer or yeah. whatever. 
and you're like, I kind of want to see the film where the sexy teens just have a good weekend away. <laughs> I want to see the opposite of this. Like film. 25 minutes into the film, it becomes like a horrible <laughs> Can nightmare. I see Sharknado with no sharks. Because see, like they just go to the they just go to the beach and they just have a good time. Take their tops off. They just have a good time. And, like get to know each other better. Um, I guess that's American Pie. It will. It's yeah. especially especially the second one. Mm. Um, so yeah, Jungle, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, the poster is Daniel Radcliffe with like a machete, bearded, wet. What? With the tagline. Machete? Huh? Machete? Ma- yes. With with Danny Trejo, no. convicted murderer who is now the public spokesperson of a family brand, Old no. El Paso. Uh, nature has only one law. Oh. Survival. That is, so, um, that is true. You go, you, and then he gets given these like, South American drugs by someone. Mm. It's like, you know, if you ever need a bit more energy, it makes you feel like Superman. So a couple of times he takes these drugs and he's storming through the jungle and is having all these hallucinations and stuff. And at one point, you are believing that he's not having any more hallucinations and it takes you on this ride for like 20 minutes. turns out to be a hallucination. And you're like, oh, fuck, just when you thought he was Misdirection. Like, yeah, find, find his way out. He doesn't... Um, Spoiler alert, he gets found because he's still alive and he's, you know, done whatever he wants to do. Um, but, yeah, hectic, hectic movie. If you feel like a bit of a Saturday night thriller. How many intense jalapenos would you give it out of five? Out of five, intense jalapenos, three. Oh, so it's not super intense. No, but it's like there's parts in it where you're like, come on, like fucking You know we need to use? We need, to use, found, we need to use the Nando's. Is it like lemon and herb or is it a little bit higher than lemon and herb? It's medium. Medium. It's mild medium? So it's is uncomfortable it, it enough. Mild medi- yeah. There's bits that are like, oh boy, are you going to get out? Yeah. And then, um, in, that's my opinion though. Everyone's a little bit different. My dad watched it and he hated it. So <laughs> Did he flat out say, he goes, Will, hi, before you leave, <laughs> that movie you told me to watch, no. complete shit. Because <laughs> I was like, have you seen John? He goes, yeah, dog shit. I was like, oh. Okay. Well, I guess we won't be discussing it further. <laughs> I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> Seems like we are on opposite ends. Yeah. Well, you um, are. You're lukewarm on it by the sounds. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like it's a. I won't watch it again. But that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. No. It's you know if someone goes, oh, I might feel like watching Jungle tonight. The Daniel Radcliffe one. Yeah. Watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's not bad. Good experience. Um. So I'm a like. It's a really good point you make because I'm a bit like that with. Like, what's a good example? Um. There Will Be Blood. I might have fucking said this before. Yeah. There Will Be Blood is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It's also one of the most unrewatchable movies ever made. That doesn't mean it's not for like a masterpiece. Yeah. You don't just find me sitting there on a Saturday afternoon going, you know what I'm going to watch? There Will Be Blood. Mm. Let's chuck that on. Have a rollicking ride yeah. through the oil frontier. See this man's descent into loneliness. No. But... The first time I saw it, you walk out and you go, that's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. But I probably won't watch that again. Yeah, so a bit of misdirection in the movie. Um, all parts start, middle and end. Oh. Um, which is always good for a bit of, um, you know, anticipation. Hour and 55, so two and, what's that, two and a half hours? How long? Yeah. No, it's less than hour, two hours. Hour 55. So it's 115 minutes? One hour and 55 minutes. Yeah, it's one hour and 55 minutes. What are we talking about here? Never mind. <laughs> In my head, I was like, yeah, that's like... <laughs> you were thinking it was 155 minutes. <laughs> I was minutes. thinking 120 minutes. Which I was is like, which is two hours. Yeah, and then I was I going 125. Yeah, you thought it was two and a bit, two and a half hours. Yeah, definitely not. It's an hour and 55 minutes. <laughs> that's that's like... <laughs> that's like on the Prendercast one day, Timbo was whinging about the price of petrol. And he said it was 160 cents a litre. We were like a dollar sixty. I can't stand when people talk in cents about petrol. You pay if it's, by less, if it's less than a dollar. Yeah, go for it, it. Yeah, you're not saying eight tenths of a dollar. <laughs> you're saying it's eighty cents. It was zero point eight dollars a liter. What a bargain! Can you believe that? Okay, first thing first, you're insane. <laughs> so you're giving it um, a thumbs up. A thumbs up, not a firm thumb, just mm. a, a loose thumb, not locked. Okay. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. A thumbs up. That's all that so matters. So Jungle, made in 2017, starring Daniel Radcliffe. Excellent. Um, my last pick of the week is we've come back around. I've already sp- I've spoken about Class of 92 before, but the newest season came out. Yeah. 
So the Class of 92 was the sporting doco about the ex-Manchester United players who bought non-league Salford City, mm-hmm. which is just outside of Manchester. And over the course of... It's, this is a 25-year project. When they got them, they were in like the seventh or eighth tier of English football. Mm-hmm. And the documentary now in its fifth season has covered um, seven, like seven years. Yeah. So this is just the latest uh, three-episode edition covering um, the past season and the ups and downs of dealing with COVID and being in the football league. So they won promotion to the fourth tier of English football, which is known as the football league. Um, there are 92 quote unquote fully like professional clubs. They play in the football league. If you get demoted out of that, obviously you need to win your way back in. Yep. Um, it's just excellent. Taken as taken as isolated entertainment. It's a really good watch. Um, it's a really fun watch. It's a really good sports doco, particularly like almost sports admin as well behind the scenes of the club. But more than that, taken in, in totality is a five-season journey from where the club was when we were introduced to them to where they are now yeah. is just really good watching, really fascinating the way they've grown. They've completely re-renovated their stadium. They've started an academy, sort of trying to bring through their own young players. It's this really holistic look at building a club. And y- look, yes, it is, it is shameless self-promotion in a lot of ways because even... Um, Gary Neville, I think it was, might have said, who's one of the owners, in one of the earlier seasons, he was talking about signing players. And he goes, you give players exposure, good money, and the opportunity to win things. He goes, that's a pretty compelling mix. And what a show like this does give their players is a a platform. It gives them exposure. Like these guys, there was a guy called, he was in the first season, he pops up here and there in later seasons, Gareth Seddon. So when they were playing in like the seventh tier, they bought this guy who was like, I think he was 35 at the time, but he was like a journeyman English league striker. Yeah. So he dropped down like four leagues on good money. The idea being you have to score goals to win us games, to win us promotion. And everyone knows what's happening here. Everyone knows that he should not be playing this low down, but they're paying him the money for a very specific purpose. What's that? That's allowed Garrett Seddon to do is actually get a bit of prominence, get a bit of exposure, get a bit of people knowing who you are. And when he pops up, you mentioned Darcy in WandaVision. When Seds pops up in these new episodes of Class of '92, you're like, "Oh, there's Seds." <laughs> you're like, "Oh, there he is. What's he doing now? He's a football agent." At one point, he'd retired and he was running a cheese shop. Yeah. And the the doco sort of follows all that. So, um, Class of '92 full time is what it's called. Season three. Yeah. Um, there's been five seasons in total. It is really, really good. Sports docos we've spoken about in the past have, have gone yep. to another level recently. It's absolutely not The Last Dance or like a 30 for 30, mm. but it's a really excellent watch. Um, if people have an interest in watching it, touch base with us on Twitter at uh, Watchlist Weekly. Yeah. Or Weekly Watchlist is our handle. Um, and I'll try to get it to you because it's it's pretty hard to All find. Legally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's pretty hard to find just because yeah. it's it started off on a BBC thing, then it's become Sky. It's not on Netflix. It's not on Stan. So ownership. Bit, it doesn't have any dis- distribution elsewhere. But if anyone's interested in watching it, touch base with me, and we'll send you it. Nice. Um, on that like thirty for thirty last dance thing, I am after Monday so pumped for a Brady. It's coming Doco out. It's coming out, man. But like. Now that he's done this as well. It's coming out. Proper full-length thing. Whew, I'm actually not sure of the format of the Brady one. It'd be good. Multi-episode. I'm not sure how it works, but it's going to be pretty all-encompassing. Use the goat. Oh, just crazy. I mean, without wanting to become a sports podcast, I am by no means an NFL fan, no. whatever, but you, you kind of watch enough of it to... That's one of the greatest big game performances by a team ever. Yeah. They were just brilliant. And completely shut the Chiefs down and hence just the win. like bent them over. Just controlled just saying, the game. This, like, you're not winning this. You're not... You, yeah. sat, you sat there and you kind of went... I remember sitting there thinking... It was Richmond GWS. Yeah, I, I remember thinking... The, the Bucks were like, we're going to have to score 25 plus. Yeah. We have to score to be even a chance. Because they're just so potent in offense and they're so hard to control. But they got the lead, and you went first step. You got to get the yeah. lead and try to control the tempo, and they just kept scoring, and just kept shutting the, the Chiefs down. I saw this brilliant video on, on Instagram this morning, and these, you know, 
three or four 16-year-old dudes from America have made this hilarious video of, you know, there's um, someone plays Mahomes, another one plays any of the wide receivers or, like, anyone that's catching the ball and they throw the ball and, like, he's whoever's playing Mahomes has had to cartwheel and yeah. they jump over whoever and then he's, like, done a backflip and thrown it and then <laughs> they cut to the wide receiver who's just, like, jogging and gets hit in the head with a football. It's just because they were just – they couldn't, like – they couldn't do anything. No. They were hopeless. What did you think of the weekend? Didn't mind it. I didn't I didn't really understand the flack he's getting. I, I remember I watched it and I was like, yeah, it's I'm not a I'm not a weekend no. fan as such, but I remember watching it thinking, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Was, you know. He put in seven million dollars of his own money into that production. Crazy. But I remember um, thinking, oh, I was like, that's that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I would have loved to see it at like, you know, non COVID world, full production. It would have been crazy. But I but the, the flack like people were like giving him for like bearing in mind he's saying live yeah like full credit to him for at least he, his vocal style is very difficult yeah to reproduce live so full credit to an artist for going you know I'm going to try to I'm going to do it live but the actual sort of um, production around it was was not bad and you went yeah. Yeah, that's good I didn't mind it I'm, yeah. a, I'm certainly not a weekend fan but I was no. like yeah it's good but yeah so the, the f- people were fucking ragging on him and I was like oh. He's easy to hate. He's it's successful bit, and like makes lots of money. It's like, that's a bit strange. Like, yeah. people, people acting like he was meatloaf. <laughs> they are. Like, I was like, but yeah, I don't know. I guess they would have been hope. But the, nas- like, the national anthem was weird. It's like a country singer. Have you ever, genuinely, is there, a, is there another song that has ever been written that is so open to an artist's interpretation than oh, the American oh, national anthem? See, he can, it's just it's, like, it's, hurry up. <laughs> it's a bunch of words, and it's like, just do what you want. Yeah. Turn them into whatever. <laughs> Uh, we've digressed. Yeah. Your last um, pick of the week? Last pick of the week. Uh, very easy watch. Chucked it on. Two hours and three minutes. Definitely two hours and three minutes. None of this weird time that we're talking so about. 123 before. minutes. <laughs> um, uh, Jumanji, the next level. Okay. I, so, yeah, okay. Yeah. Grew up on, obviously, the Robin Williams Jumanji. Yep. Um, or will always be my top Jumanji. Mm. Unimpeachable um, at the top of the tree. Yeah, uh, nothing will ever bump that off in terms of directed Jumanji by uh, directed by the guy that did Captain America, the first one. There you go. Um, having watched the first one, the fir- the first remake uh, a couple of years ago. Welcome you know, to the y- jungle. Yeah, you've got your um, classic rock and uh, Kevin Hart relationship, which is always funny to watch. They're not. I don't think they're as dynamite of a duo as they think they are. Correct. But they make a lot of money they from it. They make an unbelievable <laughs> amount of money. Um, so, yeah, watch no, essentially Jumanji 2. Um, and they go back, but because the game's been, you know, broken and whatnot, because they didn't want to go back in the game, things happen that aren't planned and they people have to go back into the game to rescue the awkward little Indian boy who's gone in, who The Rock plays his character yes. in the first one. He goes in because he wants to feel, you know, like The Rock again. Uh, it goes in and he has to face, essentially, it is the next level. It's a, basically a whole, a whole new game. It's like DLC. Yeah, essentially a DLC for Jumanji. Um, and the people that were in it last time, they go back in. But then the brilliant, brilliant casting of Danny DeVito, um, Danny who DeVito. is... No, he's not Indian. He's like Middle Eastern. It's this Middle Eastern's boy's... Granddad and his friend um, Danny Glover, who plays a character called Milo. Milo and the grandpa used to own a shop together, so they have this little like stoush thing within the movie. Mm-hmm. Danny DeVito is a fucking pisser. I love him. He's I don't you, he could like take a shit and laugh, and I would think it's hilarious, even though it's wildly I- inappropriate. Well, depending on the circumstance, he could do he could do anything, and I would. I would enjoy it. He's got a very expressive face. Yeah. So in the movie, he gets uh, he gets sucked into the Rock's body in the game. Yeah, because they mix up who's Danny in DeVito, who. Yeah, Danny DeVito becomes the Rock. Danny Glover becomes Kevin Hart. But Kevin but Hart does a brilliant impression of Danny Glover. But this is why, too, it's so... <laughs> this is the wrong bone to pick with the film, but it's like 
who is in the body wouldn't determine how they speak. It's a bit strange. Yeah. But anyway. I was thinking oh, that like, while I was watching. Well, no, I, yeah. I completely agree. Like, we're, was, not, we're not hanging the film for that because that's, yeah. that's like cinema sins, low blow nonsense. Yeah, we can forgive the film for and having And then Jack license. Black was trying to do this, like, black act, black. She, Jack Black, to me, is his, that video he did. <laughs> of, of Thor, Thor one. by the way. <laughs> is is one of the funniest things I've seen. If you haven't seen it, please go find it on Jack Black's Instagram. It is hilarious. It only goes for like 15 seconds. Yeah. And it's it's him dancing to um, the immigrant song uh, (laughs) as pretend Thor, but he's like obviously really out of weight. In red Speedos. It's it's very good. It's very, very good. Um, I sent it to my brother-in-law, just I said, outstanding. And he goes, goes, I might have to follow him. Um, But the beauty of Jack Black clearly is is he just has so much fun with this stuff. Yeah. And he can kind of become and, and just have have a, have a lot of fun with whatever that role needs him to be and he'll just dial it up. I don't think it worked as well as when he was the girl. Definitely. Um, that was, that was, like, that was excellent. It was definitely safer being the girl, but then this time they're like, oh, we'll just see. Uh. And we'll kind of do what Robert Downey Jr. did in yeah, Tropic I was Thunder. Yeah, I was getting flashbacks to Tropic Thunder. Just without the blackface. Yeah. <laughs> Bear in mind, sorry, like we don't want to go to Tropic Thunder, but no. like th- that was that's the joke. Yeah, like people who uh, I've seen a few people try to take the film down mm. for doing blackface, yeah. and you're like, no, that's the joke. Yeah, the joke is that this idiot is so clueless he thinks he can get away with doing blackface. Yeah, that's the gag. Uh, this isn't obviously as no as barefaced as that. So, um, um, yeah, they all, they figure out how to get in because there's this, you know, special uh, electric water in the game that they go in and they all switch. And then eventually one chick becomes a horse and then Danny Glover's character is sick with cancer or something or he he hasn't got long left to live. So then he stays in the game as the horse. And then uh, Danny DeVito comes back out and they're all happy and they're all, you know, best friends. I only watched up to the, just past the ostrich chase in the sand. Yeah. That's fair. probably about 30 minutes in. Yeah. I got to that point and I was like... I could be doing anything else. I, like, I might, might come back to this later. It was <laughs> seven <laughs> months ago. <laughs> I was um, like, so... I've still got it paused on the <laughs> TV. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jumanji, the next level. Very easy watch. Uh, if you haven't watched it yet or if you have kids that haven't seen it yet, chuck it on. Um, yeah, easy watch. Hey, The Rock is the busiest man alive. Oh, I'd love to know how much he's worth. Yeah, it'd be a lot. He's just so busy, man. Money. He's just like making movies every day. Setting his life up for when he gets to 60 and goes, I ain't doing shit. He's pretty. He's closer to that than people realise. Yeah. Because he's in good shape. Um, excellent. So you watched Jungle. Jungle, Jumanji. And Jumanji. And WandaVision. And WandaVision. I watched WandaVision, Red, Accidentally Wes Anderson, and The Class of 92. Watch that, which is good. Uh, we'll obviously list this on the Twitter. Yeah. But is there anything you've watched and you liked? Get in touch with us. Definitely. Not on Instagram because I couldn't care less about Instagram anymore. I knew that. Um, I may as well delete that page because... I knew that was going to happen. It's like two posts and I've just got too much going on. Mum and Dad got a puppy, so then I'm like kind of dealing with that little Instagram that... No. I did it as a bit of fun to start off and then I was like, ah, I can't be bothered now. At, at, at first, I was like, I'm the one who's doing a media degree. No one else gets to even like post things. I was getting sent pictures from Mum and Dad going, I'll put this on Instagram. No. They've like zoomed all the way in, all the way in very unclear. It looks like it's been taken on a fucking toaster. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not posting that. So I, I gave permission for stories for the rest of the family. So it wasn't completely in my control. But <laughs> I've, like, I was editing pictures and stuff, whatnot. Uh, look, as somebody who, who does admin a page, yeah. it's a dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> like, it has to be. Exactly. But now I'm just like, uh, I don't really care enough now. And I barely post on the dog's one. So I. Could Kit. people want to follow this stupid dog one? Albi the Toy Poodle. A L B I E. He's one of the cutest things you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, he's about the size of a size twelve shoe. I got to say, I'd love to say I'm surprised you've started an Instagram page about an animal. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, you're not. I'm not at all. I think I, I work with a girl who is a dog influencer. She's got f- one Great Dane, and she had four Aussie Shepherds. That's now, not a real job. Three, sixty thousand. She works full time at. At my work, but she has this like side income from the dogs and makes bank. Yeah, but what are we talking about? What? Like, what's bank? Like, what is it? An extra, say you get paid, you know, two grand a month. What, from the dog shit? Yeah. What, from like, yeah, but is it in contra? Is it like you can Uber 
supplies and shit like that. Well, yeah, she'll get like she'll get like brand deals, and then she'll get like oh, you know, here's a free bag of food. Like she got sponsored by like Volkswagen. That's good for the dogs, but yeah, what's she gonna do with it? A couple of pouches of Pal. What am I <laughs> gonna do with this? And she makes she makes money off the dogs. Times get tough. She'll be eating that shit in the lunchroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it smells like dog food. Is somebody eating dry mix? So that was that was the inspiration, okay. but then now I'm just like <sighs> You saw the dollar signs. Yeah, I saw the dollar signs and then they disappeared very quickly. You saw a cupboard full of chum. <laughs> <laughs> and Optimum premium dog food. Thought that dog's gonna have the shiniest coat <laughs> you've ever seen. Um so um, <laughs> can, just imagine Will sitting there chewing one of those bones, you know, the teething bones. <laughs> just sitting there. Schmackles. Yeah. <laughs> this is shit. Uh, uh, so, yeah, don't hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, you'll be able to find us. Sean will get onto that. Will I? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, excellent. It's been good to be back. Yeah. We had a good chat. Relatively tight. Um, when, does, when does Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier come out? Is it 15th of March? I think so. So we've got like an episode or two before that. Because, yeah, they'll do, I think there's three more of WandaVision, six, mm. seven, and eight, maybe. So there'll be what? to be, what are we today? The 10th. So it's like 12, 19, 26. And maybe they have a week off before. Yeah. Maybe. Um, that'd be good to talk about. I'm looking forward to that. Excellent, yeah. Will. Thank you very much for your time. It's been good to catch up. Have been a chat. Been a pleasure. We'll I'm do back. it all again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, looking forward to the year ahead. GB. Hi.